Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. Welcome, everybody, to the Retail Corner Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking with Amy Alabaster, who is the Senior Vice President of Global Sales at UPA Baby. How are you doing today, Amy? I'm well. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for being with us. So tell me, am I saying it right? Is it UPA Baby or is there UPA, UPA Baby? UPA Baby? Awesome. UPA okay. Baby, yep. Close enough. <laughs> cool. So Tell me, what do you guys do at Upa Baby, right? Obviously, some sort of baby product, but for all of the audience out there, maybe they haven't been to the website, they haven't known about the brand so that they can get to know a little bit of what you guys sell, who's your target audience. Yeah, Upa Baby is a company that uh, was started in around 2006 here uh, outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And they are, uh, they design, make, and manufacture um baby gear. So we're primarily known for strollers. We make car seats. We're getting into um, a lot of different new categories, but you know, we're here to just kind of serve for the needs of parents and families around the world. It's uh, pretty cool. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So how, how long uh, have you guys been around? Well, we, you know, got going. And I, I should say I started here about a year and a half ago. So I kind of came on board as Up a Baby was celebrating its 15th anniversary and okay. really was kind of like, okay, you know, they really became and built themselves over the last 15 years to become this really big player in the space, um, in the juvenile space. And mm -hmm. you know, really, it was kind of about pressing the restart button and kind of saying, okay, you know, what do we want the next 15 years to be? That was kind of when I came on board, it was a newly created role at the time. Um, and it's been, it's been a wild ride so far. <laughs> no, I bet. That's awesome. Congratulations so much yep. on the growth and the company. And yep. so, uh, talking about that, right. I'm sure you have a lot of, of experience, how to make a brand successful, right? Mm -hmm. Because obviously, as we all know, the first five to 10 years of any brand is, is the make it or break it, right? Are you going to really last right. or are you just a hype thing in the market? Right. Yep. Uh, so but what do you consider that makes a brand successful, right? Uh, considering the changing retail landscape, inflation, after COVID, so, so many things have happened, right? I, I think everybody's in like a, a very on, on the edge, you know, in a lot of ways. So I mean, people are, I think, even more driven to quick satisfaction, right? So, so mm -hmm. quick turnaround on goods, quick turnaround on service. Uh, at the same time, service is lacking because there's not that many, you know, it's, so it's, it's a very challenging market, I think, because a lot of things are going away, right? Yes. Um, you are asking what sounds like a very simple question, but it's not. And a lot of it kind of comes down to how you want to define success. So I think that's a lot of what a brand has to say. For some, I think a brand would be like, okay, we want to go out there. We want to hit this kind of growth and then we want to sell or whatever. But, you know, in my mind and what I think is kind of the heart of your question is, what does it really take for a brand in these times to be successful in terms 
terms of longevity, you know, how are you building a brand? How are you maintaining the integrity of your brand? How are you maintaining the loyalty and advocacy of your customers? How are you growing? How are you staying true to your roots? Just all of those things kind of define success for a brand. And Mm -hmm. I would say that you're you're not wrong in that. I think it's actually kind of relatively easy right now for brands to kind of find a launch pad for themselves. There's a lot of opportunity to make a lot of noise and some splash. The key is how are you going to maintain? How are you going to stick around? And I think what... And it's not easy. First of all, if it was easy, you would see <laughs> everybody succeeding at it. And absolutely, there aren't. Right. and you have so, these these giants that have disappeared, right? You have totally. Circuit City, Radio Shack. I mean, all Sears, you know, that have completely vanished. I think they have some Latam stores here and there, but for yeah. the most part, they've come vanished in the U.S. market. It's happening now. It's happening. It's happening now. It's happening. You know, all over the place. It's happening at the the corporate level. It's happening at the brand level. It's happening. It's just really happening everywhere. And what I think, you know, people are realizing more and more is as a brand, you have to, it's a very delicate balance. You have to really stay authentically true to your roots. What made you successful in the eyes of the customer in the first place? What's your DNA? What do you have to stay true to? While at the same time, you have to be nimble. You have to be adaptable. You have to kind of keep your ear to the ground. A lot of these businesses that are having trouble right now, they're just so big that it's hard to be nimble. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be kind of in front of everything. But it to me, it boils down to those two things. You have to stay authentically true to your roots you really can't walk away from what attracted you and established you in the eyes of your customer in the first place. But you also have to be adaptable at the same time. You have to have leadership at the helm that understands the difference between the two and are equally protective of both. Because at the end of the day, you can have the best brand and the best story in the world, but if you can't keep your doors open, yeah, you know, <laughs> you're, you're going to stop telling your story. Just, that's the reality. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and talking about this, right, and the challenges, obviously, I, I really like what you said, all about longevity. And I think you hit the nail on the, on the spot, right? Because it's so true. I think so many businesses are very focused in, hey, how do we make more sales today? How do I have 20% more revenue for next year and 30% for next year? Okay, mm-hmm. but they're not thinking longevity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, are we making enough money? Are we opening the right amount of brick and border stores? Are we mm-hmm. putting the right type of floors, expenses, so forth and so on? So many different things that affect that right because mm-hmm. at the end of the day opening stores means more expenses so can you really yeah. sustain that right mm-hmm. uh, but i think a lot of companies right they're in the midst of and maybe this is more for companies that are starting and they're opening their doors do i go wholesale do i go direct to consumer right what's the best avenue because obviously everybody can have a website today i think it's it's very easy thing to do now than yeah. ever before uh, but what do you think strategically right what's the best first step to, to go into? Is, is it wholesale? Is that an easier process for, for people to learn and understand and grow into? Mm-hmm. Uh, or is, is the margins too, too low, right? And it's better to go direct to consumer. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it has to do with kind of, you know, what you're selling and how your internal margins are in the first place, because going D to C is always going to be you know, if you're just kind of selling through your website, that's going to be that's going to be your richest margin play for the most part. But I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of the omni-channel business. I just I don't think this is a one size fits all equation. I think everybody kind of has to look at their model and say, you know, what 
what a D2C business is going to give you is not necessarily going to be the same as what a wholesale business can give you. Wholesale partners, especially for Up a Baby, wholesale grew this company. Mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. it was the entirety of their model up until very recently ago. And a lot of that was because, again, I think it, you really have to look at the product or what you're selling and, you know, understand the value in the eyes of the customer. But for us, this is something that a lot of people do want to touch and feel. You know, if you're buying a stroller and in some cases, you know, this is going to be one of the more expensive and important purchases you're making if you're becoming a parent, you're going to want to touch and feel it before you make your decisions. So for up a baby, when they were coming out in the market, having a really well-established network of retailers, most of which we're still working with today because the relationships were just so important and still are, um, that was critical, but you know, the reality, and this goes back to, you have to be nimble and you have to kind of like keep looking at the marketplace and how it's evolving. A lot Mm -hmm. of it's also saying like, okay, but who's my customer? How are customers looking to interact with brands today? How are they discovering brands today? You know, younger, younger customers, their younger audience, they're discovering brands in very different ways than generations ago. So the beauty of the baby industry to me and what makes it so fascinating is I'm kind of selling to everybody. I'm selling to the, (laughs) you know, I'm selling to the Gen Z person who's having their first kid, but I'm also selling to the grandparent who's buying for the registry. So Mm -hmm. for me, I've got to have all of those touch points, but, but you're asking the right question because You know, it's part of which, like, how do you want to go out and establish yourself? You really have to understand what your profitability expectations are, where your margins need to be. But ultimately, I think you're really hurting yourself if you're not really considering an omni-channel model that includes wholesale. You're seeing huge businesses and brands like Nike that are kind of going back to wholesale after deliberately walking away from it. And a lot of it is, I think, because everybody's understanding when things like COVID happen and when you know, just any kind of disruption to the marketplace happens, it really helps brands to be diversified as much as possible. And at the end of the day, you want to meet the customer where the customer is at. That's the most simple way to say it. If the customer is shopping at wholesale, you want to meet them there as Mm -hmm. much as you can. If they want to work with you online or directly in your own retail stores, you want to service them that way. It's, it's really about being strategic, but it's not about choosing one over the other for me. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. I think it's so important to have all, you have to be like an octopus, right? I always tell people when you're talking business, right? I'm like, you have to have multiple tentacles and look to make revenue off of those multiple places. Because as you very well said, you never know, right? Dropship Mm -hmm. became the biggest thing in the market for almost a year and then it went away, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still there, but I don't think it's used in any way, shape, or form as it did that year, you know? And it's not bringing that revenue. But yeah, absolutely. And so I think another thing that's critical is obviously brand loyalty, right? And and consumer loyalty and making sure you're creating that regardless of how many outlets and how many channels you're using to to meet the customer at the place they're at, as you very well said. Mm -hmm. Uh, You need to create that loyalty so that you have repeat customers, right? Because if you don't have repeat business, you have no business at all. Uh, so, So from your perspective, you know, what are the best strategies that, that people can use, right, in order to create that loyalty? Because obviously, right off the bat, people go into advertisement, right, or paying for boosts or paying for any sort of type of advertisement. But I don't think that's really loyalty. That's just creating some level of awareness to your brand, to people. Mm-hmm. But it's not making the connection for me to want to 
repurchase from you and recommend you to other consumers. Totally, totally agree with you. There's a huge difference between your strategic tactics in acquiring a customer and keeping a customer. So acquiring a customer, you know, can come from word of mouth, which for up a baby, especially is I think the lion's share of how we built our business. It was really only up until two years ago or so, you know, we were not really paying and trying to acquire customers through traditional advertising, which I know is probably something that you don't hear a lot. This is something that I did not hear a lot before I came (laughs) here. Um, I looked around and I was like, I've just, I've never seen anything like this, but it, it I think it's everybody's you, dream, no? That, it's that everybody's dream. I was growth. like, this is the biggest unicorn I've ever seen in my life. But what it <laughs> proves is that true customer advocacy is a hundred times more powerful than running an ad and acquiring, you know, a percentage of your reach. Um, if you can have, you can acquire the customer, but if that customer does not have an absolutely superior experience with your brand, with your product, with the features and functions or whatever you're selling, they are not going to come back to you. And not only that, they're not going to refer other people to you. And if you can't have that same experience with the people that they refer to, I mean, this is just a total domino effect. It's extremely powerful. And what that has to mean is that if you can spend all the marketing money in the world, but if you're not really focused on the quality of your product, of the design of your product, of the experience that you want your customers to have, of the service you want to give, you want to make sure that a customer feels really good about what they bought from you a long time after they bought it. It's mm-hmm. it's the biggest difference, and I think it's one of the most powerful ways that a brand can sustain longevity like we were talking about before that that service element and that ability to turn your customers into really authentic advocates is i i can't understate how important i think it is absolutely absolutely and i think hand in hand with that is obviously right managing your brand right Mm -hmm. as we were kind of talking about at the beginning and i think that there's a lot of of, um challenges today right that there is in in doing that management of a brand because of all the challenges just overall in the industry and all the opportunities there are right so from your perspective you know in in this dynamic industry with all the curves and changes that are happening Mm -hmm. what is the best approach you think to say hey this should be the foundation right because i think your foundation should never change as you very well mentioned stay true to yourself Mm -hmm. right but yeah. what do you think should be the, the foundation that businesses should look at from a generic standpoint, right? Like, hey, don't don't ever lose track of maybe these three yeah. pillars or these four pillars. Yeah. Um, well, I've worked I've worked over the last 20 years with a variety of products and brands, everything from, you know, opening price point journals to now I'm working with, you know, strollers and car seat gear and watches and jewelry and everything in between. I've worked with enough different categories of products where I think the two biggest anchors that people should be focused on is you can't sacrifice quality. You can't sacrifice quality and you cannot compromise on service. Those are the two things that if you, if you walk away from those, I, I just don't know what you can do to make up for it. And it requires investment. I will, I will say that, you know, especially in service, I don't see a lot of companies and brands investing in service the way they should. And 
again, it kind of depends on, you know, what you're selling and how important service is. But in my mind, that's one of the biggest ways to leave a lasting positive impression on your customer. Up a baby has built one of the most incredible customer experience teams I've ever seen. And again, that kind of goes back to how I think they built their brand and has kept it growing and profitably growing, you know, for a long time. So companies that, you know, are really kind of focused on, you know, more, I guess, flashy things and fun things and, you know, growth for the sake of growth. If you start to compromise, you know, quality and service for those things, I think you're losing sight of the foundations that need to stay there. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. I think mm-hmm. if the ultimate goal becomes only money, right, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. only margins, then then you will lose yourself. And, and I think yourself. we've seen this happen to so many brands, especially uh, like retail fashion, right? I think so many brands have yeah. decreased the quality of, I mean, I remember brands I would love shopping at because their products were so pristine. You would buy this dress shirt and it would last you for years to come, right? Mm-hmm. Now you buy from those same brands. I don't want to call out anybody, but you mm-hmm. buy from those same brands and you wash it six times and it's gone. It's like I bought it from a fast fashion retailer. And you know what I mean? Let's be honest. And by the way, I totally agree with you. I've experienced this myself. I, especially with like clothing and things like that, but like, you know, and the fact of the matter is, is I think people have to realize that it's harder to keep customers loyal. It's just harder. There's so much noise and there's so many interesting things and there's so many options and there's so many ways that you're discovering new products. And it's pretty easy to lose your customer to somebody who's saying, hey, I can do this too and I can do it really well. So Mm -hmm. the second you start to compromise on something that keeps a customer loyal to you, I think it's like it doesn't matter if you've been with this brand for 10 years, they could have a bad experience and walk away. Yeah, yeah, and that's just yeah, the reality it's, now. It's pretty, it's pretty tough. It's tough. No, absolutely. I think every yeah. every every touch point, right, with a consumer, yeah. is should be always treated like if it was the very first one ever, right? It doesn't matter if this person has shopped with you, like you said, for ten years. Mm-hmm. You should, if nothing else, you should treat them more like a VIP, right? I think totally that VIP experience that only very high end retailers used to give, you know. I think yes. that should become the standard across the industry. Uh, so, because as you said, it's a very competitive industry and what else yes. is going to make the change, if not the service you guys provide to your consumers mm-hmm. and obviously the quality of your product. I, I yeah. couldn't agree more, Amy. Yeah, yeah those are cool. honestly like, I'm. I, it's, it's always hard to kind of boil things down to the essence of the question because these things are super complex. But in this case, it really is. Like those are the two pillars that I always go back to that, you know, I've always been attracted to with companies that I work with. It's just, if you're prioritizing these two things, then we're going to be able to work around all of the other things that hit us. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's a loud, it's a loud landscape now. That's for sure. So let me ask you one last question. And I like to ask this of everybody, right? If Mm -hmm. if you had one, one piece of advice for everybody that's listening, you know, we have entrepreneurs, we have business executives, so forth and so on. But what would be the one piece of advice you would want to leave everybody from your life experience, your career experience so far? You know, it's hard to be young and it's hard to find your way in general. And I was so fortunate in my career to have mentors who 
really shaped, I think, the path I took. And a mentor is somebody that, you know, really just gives you space and opportunity to witness and observe and ask questions and learn from, but they're also people who are going to root for your rise. They're going to kind of champion your progression. Right. And I, I, I mean, I had three that I can think of all women at different points in my career and my advice to people kind of coming up in the, in whatever career path they're taking is, you know, you have to be the one to knock down that door. You mm-hmm. have to be the one to kind of say, Hey, I would like to learn from you can I? Um, Don't wait for somebody to invite you in. You just find somebody that you respect, find somebody that, you know, you want to learn from and, and don't wait, go to them and ask if you can learn from them because I guarantee, you know, it is, it's just priceless. Don't, you know, don't hold back. It, It meant everything to me everything. And they're all still wonderful friends of mine. And you can learn from bad leadership just as much as you can <laughs> learn from good leadership, by the way. It's not to say that you need a mentor to learn, um, but really having somebody that you proactively go to and say, hey, I want to learn from you. Chances are they are going to really make a difference and shape your career, but you should be the one to knock on their door. Yeah, no, you're you're right, and and mm-hmm. I think one thing to to add to to everything that you've said, which is precisely correct, mm-hmm. is don't don't be afraid to do it because mm-hmm. I think most people that have all the vast knowledge that you respect and that mm-hmm. you are willing to go knock on their doors, they will find a purpose behind yeah. mentoring you, right? So so it's not just like they're doing you a favor; it it goes both ways, right? Because. Completely. That is so important. Completely. And that kind of goes back to where I think that's what makes a mentor a mentor. Like they're going to champion you, but it's because it's a symbiotic relationship. Like there's, Mm -hmm. there's going to be, you know, work that they give you that gives you an opportunity to prove themselves to them and vice versa. It's, it's just a really, it's an awesome thing. And I, you know, it's harder because like with, working remotely or working in hybrid, I feel like there's less opportunity to be there in person with people sometimes, depending on the company you work with, um, being in person and kind of learning face to face and sitting in those meetings and watching body language and all of that stuff, priceless, priceless. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a really awesome opportunity for anybody who takes the chance to learn. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Amy. We really appreciate your time. And for everybody out there, guys, if you haven't seen Opa Baby, go check them out. Go check out their website. Uh, you know, and I'm sure there's somebody you know or somebody that knows of you, right? That is looking for baby products. So it's definitely a good opportunity to go check them out. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing all your knowledge with us. And we wish you guys nothing but the best and continuous growth and all the success in your plan for the next 15 years. Thank you so much. This was an absolute pleasure. Likewise, thanks. Bye-bye. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.